Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get it, get it, get it! for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning. Capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Back in the studio, and it feels great. Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. What's up, Richmond? Michael Phillips, your MP on the mic. Um, I feel like the holiday week is beginning to set in here, right? We got a weird Christmas. We got Christmas on Monday, um, which means I don't have to start shopping till late Sunday. Uh, so certainly no no urgency on that front yet. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about that just yet. Uh, we're not we're not going anywhere just yet. But uh, it does mean that that this will be our last week of the year. Um, we said our our farewells to Gary Hess and Lane Casadante last week. Uh, they're leaving me leaving me flying solo here uh, without without my normal companionship. That's all right. Zach Joachim joins us today to talk VCU basketball, uh, and we got plenty to talk about. JC is my first time seeing you in a week. Um, been out on the West Coast in LA, which has been fantastic, of course. Glad to have you back, buddy. Glad to be back. Uh, it's very festive here uh, in the in the Odyssey Richmond uh, Empire. Um, Always. The, we got coffee cakes and cookies. Everybody's baking and sharing and all, they, all those great holiday traditions. They've been spoiling me. You've been in the uh, California sun, but I've been yeah. I've been here getting fat. Wow, well, <laughs> so we we fat and we happy. Each, I love I love the food in California. Everything's just so fresh. Like yeah, yeah. I just you know it's simple stuff, but it's like man, that I I like a really good steak and like the salad with it. It's like that's a really good salad. Like that lettuce is fresh. Mm. Like you you don't get that here. No disrespect Sadly. to Richmond. You ever, Sadly, yeah. If you ever lose me, that's where I'll be. That's where I'll be. It's 75 and sunny every day there. Uh, you run off to the West Coast. Then I filled up my tank with gas last night for uh, $900 uh, before I... <laughs> it was uh, it was six twenty a gallon was the price. Wow. Yeah. Sheesh Louise. Well, you got to pay for all that regulation somehow. <laughs> <laughs> regulation doesn't pay for itself. America. That's not the most expensive thing. I, uh, I I had 
during I was my time. Ask there. how much the steak was actually. Um, the steak <laughs> was the most expensive thing I had there for sure. The steak was great though. Um, we we, we have kind of it's a road trip thing. I usually end up at a steakhouse. Uh, nice. Uh, you know, with the uh, with the other reporters, with some team people, all that. Um, so okay. always good times there. No, uh, I, I, not the most expensive thing I had, but the most outrageously priced thing I had. Um, I stayed up in Pasadena, which is a, a very nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I went. I had a smoothie. And it costs eighteen dollars. I actually saw this Instagram story. You saw a picture of the eighteen dollars smoothie. Um, so <laughs> this this grocery store, Erewhon, is the name of the grocery store. I might be saying Arowan. it wrong. I might be saying it right. I'm not sure. I don't okay. live in California. Um, California is it's a different place than here. Obviously, with with different people, um, more attractive people, mm. lots more attractive people mm. everywhere. Well, I mean, it's where attractive people go to live. Yes. Famously. Yes. And this grocery store became famous during the pandemic because California was very restrictive during COVID. And Mm -hmm. um, this is where the, you know, basically the only place you could go is the grocery store. And this grocery store became the place. Yeah. I was reading about the, the, like the New York Times did an article about this. I learned all this after the fact. This grocery store was the place where young, attractive people went to meet each other during oh. the pandemic. Oh. Because the bars were closed, you know, like all the, the yoga studios were closed. So this, they all went to this grocery store oh my to, to pair off. So you mean like, like the Whole Foods and the Kroger in Carytown? Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but if it was like a grocery store of nothing but tens, like just every aisle, turn the aisle, it's a ten. Like I don't know if you've frozen the Whole foods. foods. There's just... <laughs> frozen foods. There's a ten. Like you know, models, chips, ten. Uh, wow, lettuces, ten. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not shopping. Only thing I'm shopping for is groceries, Josh. Right. I'm, I'm married. You're a happily taken man. But, we but, know this. But you notice these things. Of course. Things. Like they're all a lot of yoga pants. I don't think people work in Los Angeles. I think they just go do <laughs> go do yoga and then shop for groceries. They just uh, walk around and be sexy. It's un- yeah, I think that's all they do in Los Angeles. <laughs> I think that's 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 what you do on a day to day there. Um, oh my it's, goodness, it's the lifestyle. That's um, so funny. But yeah, you might be married, but you're not dead, so you notice <laughs> you notice these people. <laughs> I have eyes. You have um, eyes. They work. So the the smoothies were were recommended, and um, I I ordered the Haley Bieber. Um, Stop it. <laughs> Is that what it was called? It, it was. I, for yes. $18. For a, and that was the pre-tax price. I just want to be clear. Shut up. Yeah, no, you. that was the pre-tax price. The Olivia Rodrigo was, was only $17. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get the Liv Rodrigo. You, you're, you know, you're an Olivia fan. I am a fan. You know I rock with her. But yeah. um, the Haley Bieber had coconut in it, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mark for coconut. Really? Yeah. I don't um, know why that's surprising. I it, like coconut too. It was strawberry and coconut. Um, strawberry and coconut, and it didn't give you it, superpowers. Well, it, it claimed it had like collagens and like natural aromatic oils and essential herbs and whatever all mm-hmm. those things are. It said it may makes your skin glow. Right. That's the hook of the smoothie. Like it, Mrs. Bieber's. Does skin. she? I I honestly couldn't tell you the first thing about her. I think she's in some kind of divorce situation at the moment with. With Justin? Oh, goodness. No, is that... No? Maybe? Haley Bieber is Justin's... Uh, Justin's wife. This is Alec Baldwin's daughter. Is ha- it? Haley Baldwin 
Bieber. So we, I mean, we're definitely, uh, yeah, we're we're out of uh, we're out of our range here. Um, I'm I'm in, I'm in I'm in deep, but I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. No. So she's not. Okay. Who am I thinking of then? Haley Haley Bieber. No, y- yeah. Oh, the, the person in a divorce situation yeah. that you're thinking of right now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is quite the guessing game. This could be anybody here. Yeah. Now we're uh, pulling at it. Dude. I think a lot of celebrities are going through. Okay. Some divorcey situations right now. Um. No, hard to say. As far as I'm aware, though, those two are happy. Okay. Uh, right. Haley Bieber is. Yeah. She's married to Justin Bieber. Um. She is Alec Baldwin's daughter. As far as I'm um, aware, she's are either you ready Alec for this? or Stevens. Ready for this? I'm not in the ballpark. I was thinking of Sophie Turner. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, not not the same at all. Not the same. Very different not, person. Not the same person. I'm thinking of Sophie Turner. Uh, but I did order the Haley Bieber <laughs> smoothie. That's true. That happened. And um, and again, no superpowers. Skin was not glowing. I want my eighteen dollars back. I would ask for it back. Too. I still look like a normal schlub. Like I came back here. Like I'm not a ten. Uh, it didn't happen. I don't. I was promised certain things, and the smoothie didn't deliver. Man, it, you know, it, it was just yeah. It was, it was fine. Like it was tasty, but it it tasted like I went to Jamba Juice or whatever. Right. But, but Not, it was an eighteen dollar smoothie, pre tax dollars. And again, you didn't you didn't catch a buzz from it. Nothing. We well, <laughs> I filled me up. It was, it was it was a big smoothie, and it was nutritious. Got, got to experience, um, you know, the the world's craziest grocery store. Um, they had in in the dairy aisle raw milk. That that's a trend. Oh, yeah, um, it is. What's the size that's smaller than the half gallon? Um, pint. The or, pint. Yeah, the, pint. The pint of raw milk was eleven dollars. Or a quart. It would be a quart. Quart. Thank and you. then a pint. Yeah, yeah quart. Um, the quart of raw things. milk was eleven dollars. Um, reminded me of um, Colt McCoy used to drink raw milk. Uh, the former Redskins quarterback. Okay. And um, Jay Gruden found out about this one day. Jay Gruden, you know, not not a not a dairy, dietary minded individual. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he's uh, he's telling me about this. So he goes, "Do you know about Colt? He, he drinks raw milk." I I said, "Oh." And he goes, "Yeah. Apparently, it just comes straight from the teat." <laughs> <laughs> Just milk it out of the teat and then they serve it to him. Eloquent man. (laughs) Eloquent man. Colt and I were laughing about that. Colt said, yeah, Colt's from Texas, has Uh has a family friend who has a farm, and Mm -hmm. um, they they literally do squeeze it out, bottle it, send it to him. Um, Like you can't legally Mm -hmm. do that apparently in some places. So he's got, you got to have an in. You gotta have an in yep. to get raw milk. My dad, I grew up on my my great grandfather, so his grandfather's uh, farm had dairy cows and pigs and the whole like. And he used to tell me, "You wait, f- wait for whoever does the milking to start, and yeah. you can just stand by there. They'll squirt a little glass out for you, and yeah. it's delicious. Yeah, tastes a little bit like grass, as you would imagine, because that's, that's what the main diet. If you fed them corn, would it taste like corn? Absolutely. There's there's an ignorant question for you. What I do know from my time in Kansas is people think you want a grass-fed steak. You actually do want a corn-fed steak or a hmm. grain-fed steak. Okay. More marbling, more fat. Now, I'm a big fat guy. That makes sense. I want, I want some good fatty marbling on my steak. Mm. If they eat grass, it's a leaner steak. Some people do like that, mm-hmm. but they're wrong. <laughs> that, that, that's incorrect. More fat, more flavor. You know this. That's correct. You know this. That's correct. My yes. man. Um, every it, it's a vibe out there. The, the stadium's amazing, of course. SoFi Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I did. I did stadium rankings a couple of years ago. Um, once once I'd been to all thirty two. I named that the number four stadium. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a very, very good stadium. So it's it's both outdoors and indoors at the same time. Like it's got a big okay. roof over it, but there are no walls. Um, okay. So the air just circulates. Um, all sorts of party areas, places to eat, places to do things, which is good because nobody in that city cares about football at all. <laughs> um, so it's like a giant pavilion. It's just a big hangout. Like with, yeah, with that's there was barely football, dedicated to football. Nobody noticed. Um, <laughs> and that's the Rams, right? They won the Super Bowl and like had a parade, and like twelve people went. Well, they're too busy checking each other out to care about football. Well, I mean, right? LeBron's there. The Dodgers are there. Oh, they've well, got yo- yeah. they've got yoga to do. They, yeah, you know, too much time. They're busy people. They don't have that kind of too time. much time spent doing yoga. No, they don't have the time to devote to that kind of thing. Yeah, no, we got to stay pretty. We got to stay in shape. Meanwhile, we're over here obsessing about the famous toastery bowl. You know, some you know, some some places have their priorities. Some places have priorities. Yeah, us over here in Virginia. It, it was a tough, <laughs> tough finish to the famous toastery bowl. Uh, we'll tell you about that. We'll talk with our friend Zach Joachim about VCU basketball. It's Tuesday. We'll hit the panic button. And I've got a soccer take. It might be. My first soccer take ever. Watch uh, out. Since, since starting the show. Uh, all that and more. We're off and running on a Monday morning. This is MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 F. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Back at it. MP on the mic, 910 The Fan. 105.1 FM Worldwide on the free Odyssey app. And you know when we talk VCU basketball, uh, we love to do it with our guy, Zach Joachim of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com. And, um, I mean, look, we've had good moments this year in the VCU basketball season, but I don't know that we've had a moment with this much optimism as we've got right now. And uh, so bring Zach in. Zach, good morning. What's up? Good morning, Michael. How you doing, man? I feel great. Um, so you just you just chatted with uh, with Ryan Odom. Um, I I know he was like hedging after the game on on Saturday. Like, okay, okay, everybody, you're excited. Bamasil's back. Like, Barristow's coming back. Like, I still got to coach these guys. Like, they still got to get together. Uh, what what was his vibe today after after a couple of days of watching uh, you know, the tape and watching these guys practice? I think he's still trying to pump the brakes a little bit and and give them a chance to grow because. It's not going to happen all of a sudden, right? Even though you're getting close to having all of your pieces back together, it's still going to take time for them to gel and get used to playing with one another. Really the only time that we've seen this group at full strength was in the Mars Hill exhibition and in the black and gold game, right? Since then, they've been trying to piece it together and trying out different lineups with Joe Bamasil, missing much of the early goings, and Sean Barristow missing all of the early goings here in the first 11 games. But once they have both those guys back, it's going to allow Ryan to do a lot of different things lineup-wise. And that's part of what we talked about this morning. We've seen Toby the Wall at the five later in games. It seems to be a configuration that he really likes going to. And, and he talked about Bearstow's versatility, right? And that was one of the things that, that I asked about. They're still not sure if he's going to play on Friday. It looks like he's, he's certainly trending up and getting very close. But, but Ryan didn't want to give anything away in that regard. And it seems like they still have some checkpoints that they want him to hit in practice this week. But he can really play two through four. Um, and so he gives Ryan a lot of lineup versatility. And obviously with Joe returning as well, it takes a lot of the weight off of Max Scholger's shoulders and off of Zeb Jackson's shoulders uh, and allows Ryan to do a lot of different things with his backcourt and how he plays that group. And so I think he's still giving them some time 
to 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 gel um, as a group that's very new playing together um, that hasn't had any in-game experience together entirely yet. But I, I'm with you. The optimism is certainly there. The sky's the limit for this group, and there was a ton of energy in that arena on Saturday as much as there's been this season. Well, I, that's just very sensible of him, and that's why he's the basketball coach, and I'm a guy yelling into a microphone excitedly. Um, so <laughs> we're both doing our jobs at a high level right now. Um, it, take, take me back to Saturday, Zach, because I wasn't there. I mean, just but but the videos were, were great. I mean, just, just Bama's getting a, a giant ovation when he came in, hitting a shot early, um, kind of stabilizing the team in the second half when they needed a big bucket. He was there for it. Um, how did that first game go? It was one of my favorite post-game press conferences that I've ever been a part of nice. with DCU. There was just smiles all around, man, and that's not just because Joe is a good player who is who is adding to this team from an X's and O's standpoint on the court. If you've never met Joe Bamasile, he's just always smiling and an incredibly upbeat guy and an easy guy to root for and a guy that it, it seems like his teammates genuinely love. Uh, and you could sense that in the post-game press conference. This wasn't just anybody coming back to the court. This was a guy that all of his teammates had been rooting for and wanting to see him out there. And from a skill set standpoint, man, Joe's a bucket. Joe can go and get, you can, you know, you throw it to him when a set's not working or when your offense isn't working or you can't get anything going and you can just ask him to create. And a lot of that responsibility had fallen on the shoulders of Max Shulga and Zeb Jackson this year. And, and they were both fantastic, 19 points apiece, 12 assists to just one turnover. And so I think you saw the spacing and the weight that it takes off of their shoulders when Joe's on the floor uh, because they did not have to create and have the same responsibility on their shoulders as they have early in the season. You can throw it to Joe and you can ask him to go get a bucket. And, man, when he hit those back-to-back threes on the right wing early there, I mean, the, the, the roof <laughs> came off the place. Yeah. Uh, that was a special vibe in there. <laughs> that, that was just a great moment and certainly to build an early lead against a team that we knew would give them a game and, and for him to be a part of that. Uh, I love what you mentioned about the, the lineups and the flexibility. Um, who, you know, not that anybody loses here, because I think you you could say the bench is probably too short before this return, but but maybe who sees their minutes decrease the most here with, with the return of, of these guys? Yeah, R- Ryan talked about that on Saturday in the postgame presser, that that's something that, that they've talked about as a group, is that for a few of them, and, and to answer your question, Michael Bell, Fats, um, primarily I think are going to see the, the minutes decrease, and you're going to see Joe out there with Max and Zeb a lot. I don't see Max and Zeb's minutes decreasing significantly. Uh, Jason Nelson, too, I mean, he's the obvious one that you would think gets less minutes off the bench with, with Joe contributing more, but Jason's shooting almost 50% from three this season. Yeah. I think he's a guy that a lot of people have wanted to see more shooting volume and more minutes, so I, I don't really think it's going to be him, but it gives you the opportunity as an individual to play harder in the minutes that you're on the floor. And, and that's what Ryan said on Saturday, and that's what he's been impressing uh, upon his guys is that it, it might mean less minutes for a few guys, but the intensity can ramp up when you're out there. And, and it's going to be more the team that he envisions, you know, early in the season, right? He really has not had a chance to have that here in the early going. So he talked about that a little bit this morning with, with Jacob Patrick, right, who was the incoming freshman from Germany who went back after about a week with VCU. He didn't have him. He didn't have Sean Bairstow for – for the whole beginning of the season with a foot fracture. And he didn't have Joe Bamsteel because of the eligibility fight. And that was three big pieces, two of them probably starters long-term, uh, then, and that Ryan envisioned on this roster. And so he's had to do a lot of moving around the chess pieces to make it work early on. And so now that he's got that whole group together, I think we'll see really what he's envisioned for this roster and, and more his style of play, because I think that's been a lot of people's gripe and um, a lot of the question marks early in the season is where is this run-and-gun, fast-paced, getting up a lot of threes, 
you know, playing with tempo style that we expected from Ryan Odom because we haven't really seen it a whole lot. And I think not having Sean Barristow has been a huge part of that. A guy who was a starter for 35 games for him last year and who's used to playing his system. Uh, but to answer your question, I think Bell and Fast, uh, and I asked him, he stuck with the same starting five all year, which has been fascinating, right? Even as Kwani's minutes have decreased a little bit and Toby has played more and Jason has played great, he's still brought Toby and Jason off the bench. He's continued to start a, a true freshman in Michael Bell. He's gained a lot of valuable experience in that regard. And Kwani, I think, has, has gained confidence from Ryan sticking with him. He's a guy that didn't start you know, with a great shooting rhythm early in the year. He had a lot go halfway down and, and, and rim out, and he was struggling to, to find a rhythm in his new, with his new program. And I think Ryan sticking with him and showing confidence there in a guy who was struggling in Kiwani and a guy who's a true freshman and has to contribute a ton right off the bat has done a lot for those two guys' growth, and we're going to see that pay off down the stretch here. Oh, no doubt. You can just see how excited the teammates were when, when Kwani finally had his, you know, and, and I think that was, what, Alcorn State where he hit his four, and everybody's mm-hmm. just mobbing him and feeling great. Like, you, you could tell these guys like each other. Um, Zach yeah. Joaquim's with us, Richmond Times-Dispatch, Richmond.com, had a great story off of Saturday's game against Temple, and you, you chatted with uh, with Zeb Jackson just about what the Barristow return means you, almost for him specifically and for the ball handlers specifically in terms of really being released from that obligation to be everything. Yeah, and Zeb talked about just the spacing on the floor that, that Joe gives everyone else, right? The, the passing lanes are less clogged because you've got a guy who defenses have really got a key off on and who you can't give any space on the perimeter. I mean, we saw that off the bat. Joe's first bucket was a perfect example. He kind of backed down his defender, and this is not a guy who wants to play in the post a whole lot, but he's got an incredibly diverse offensive skill set, backed his defender down, took him to the post, hit a little turnaround hook for his first basket, and then two straight catch-and-shoot threes on that right wing. So you saw the diversity of the offensive skill set immediately off the bat. That's going to mean less clogged passing lanes. It's going to mean Zeb and Max having to create and initiate less and, and be able to play more in the free flow of Ryan's system. And so, yes, I think specifically with those two guys, it, it takes a lot of weight off of their shoulders and they can more be themselves a little bit. And Zeb can focus on putting his head down, using his quickness, getting to the basket. And Max can be a little more of a distributor as opposed to a, a ball-dominant scorer, which he's had to be early in this year for a team that, you know, he was the best shooter and the best pure scorer on. And now you've got Joe who can create offense and be instant offense anytime that they need it. And it means less clogged passing lanes. It means less turnovers for those two guys, I think. That was a big thing that you saw earlier in the year that VCU, you know, kind of, that when they were playing well, Zeb wasn't turning the ball over. And when he was turning the ball over, they were struggling. And there were some moments there where, where when Zeb would string together a few turnovers with, when the offense didn't look good. And so when you have Joe out there able to space the floor and defenders can't clog passing lanes in the same way and they've got to close out to him on the perimeter, I think it opens things up. For, for everyone around him. And, and again, just from a morale standpoint, everyone loves Joe and, and, and everyone loves Kawani too. And you can see those two guys on either side of Zeb in the press conference just smiling a bunch and talking about the support from their teammates through all the adversity that, that they've been through early in the year and Kawani pulling out the, the trust the process moniker. You, know, <laughs> yes. you, could, you could tell how much it has meant to those two guys. Their teammates sticking with them through the adversity and it has uplifted everyone around them to see Joe back on the floor and to see Kalani finally find an offensive rhythm. Great to get that certainty, too. Like, uh, you know, that first ruling of, like, he could play for 14 days. It kind of felt like it was going to hover over everybody. Um, but, yeah. but great to get that certainty, have him the rest of the way. Uh, always love chatting with our guy, Zach Joaquim, Richmond.com, the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Before I let you go, though, VCU women are humming, too. A nice win over uh, Old Dominion. 
Absolutely. So, uh, Savannah Rager, my colleague, went out and covered that on Sunday, and I saw them last Monday at the Henrico Sports and Events Center. Have you seen that place yet, Michael? Beautiful. Is, 12 is, basketball beautiful. courts, the, the restaurant. The, I mean, yeah, who, who needs a mall? That's a way better use of that space. <laughs> awesome environment there. Uh, Sarah Tabiasu, uh, their point guard, is a lot of fun to watch. Great ball handler, great floor general, great scorer. And Mariana Asar. My goodness, she can shoot it. She led them in scoring in that win over Delaware, um, was hitting a bunch of catch-and-shoot threes, operating really well on the perimeter. And they've got a couple of bigs. Michael Parham uh, down low has been a big part of the equation for them this year. And, man, Beth O'Boyle has got her girls playing fantastic basketball. If you haven't seen them yet this year, then get out to the Seagull Center for a game because they're a lot of fun to watch. We love to see it. An A-10 tournament will be at the Henrico Sports and Events Center, so maybe a little... Little home cooking in March. Uh, maybe get a couple uh, tournament teams. We we can dream around here. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us, and uh, we'll look for your work at uh, Richmond.com this week. Multi bid league, right, Michael? Thank you so much for having me on, man. Exactly, exactly. I love it. A10's do A10 picked up some wins in non conference this year. Uh, I know VCU left a couple on the table, but uh, it was a, it was a good year for the conference. Uh, fan, fantastic to see that coming from the A10. Fantastic to see. Uh, you know, the, the, the A-10 back in position to maybe be a multi-bid league again, which, which is what we all want, right? We all want that opportunity to be good in the regular season and have it pay off. Much more ahead. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Back at it on a Tuesday morning, 1017. Some very exciting news for you here from Odysseyland. Uh, you catch us, of course, 910 AM, 1051 FM. Uh, I'm texting my guy, Zach Joachim, right now. Uh, 1030 is great. We'll call you. Uh, Zach Joachim covers VCU basketball for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He's the best in the business uh, of knowing everything going on over there. We're going to talk to him at 1030, get the latest on VCU basketball. Uh, he just wrapped up with Ryan Odom, so he'll uh, the the scoop straight from uh, straight from his mouth here at ten thirty. The exciting news: nine ten. The fan one zero five one FM worldwide on the free Odyssey app with the rewind button. As I was saying, we got that in. All right, check the box there. I was worried worried I wouldn't finish the promo, but I did. We're on Spotify too. That counts. Uh, I I don't legally have like contractually. I don't have to tell you we're on Spotify, but I'd love to tell you Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're in all those places. Just search MP. On the mic tomorrow, though the live show, uh, this one that that where I talk, you listen on the radio. Uh, the live show, we will be giving away two tickets, uh, two pairs of tickets, so four tickets total uh, to the VCU basketball game on December thirtieth. Um, so that that will be exciting. We'll do that as part of our normal Wednesday trivia, and then in hour number two, we'll give away a second pair of tickets. So that's Gardner Webb visiting VCU on Saturday, December 30th at 2 p.m. Listen up tomorrow for your chance to win. We'll give you a chance to win in each hour. I uh, gave away a pair of tickets last week as well. This is becoming a weekly tradition that I can get behind. Uh, we, we just like making people happy around the holidays. That's it. That's We're it. all about it here. We're all about spreading joy and mirth uh, and uh, VCU basketball tickets. You know I'm fired up. I, I, you know yesterday, like, yesterday's my Commander's show, and I spent more time, I think, being excited about VCU than I did about the Commanders, because I am. I am more excited to talk about VCU right now than I am to talk about the Commanders right now. Bamisil's back. Bearstow's coming back. I'm legit excited. It's a new team. It's a new day. 
it was it was a pretty good team already. Now it's a great team. January third, St. Bonnie's coming to town. Uh, maybe we'll do a field trip on that. Maybe we'll get Stub out there, and uh, you know, you can come out, and uh, AY can come. Like maybe we'll do a field trip to that game. I'd be all about it. Big game. You know, I'd love that. Right, I like J- a good January third. We'll have an outing. Um, this will be pre push up contest. So there won't be any hard feelings yet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it just keeps heating up, man. It keeps heating up. You two are about to duke it out, and it's going to be a great time. That's uh, I'm. I will be doing fifty push-ups on the air after the commander season ends. Once and Neil Greenberg of the Washington Post is officiating this bet between me and a Wad. But I, there's nothing to officiate. I said they would get better, and they they got worse. Uh, I said they couldn't get worse. They were last in the league. They're ranked thirty second in the league. They can't possibly get worse. And you know what happened? Guess what they did. <laughs> they somehow got worse. <laughs> it's kind of remarkable in a lot of ways, actually. Beautiful. Um, all right. Tough football losses. Uh, we had one yesterday. Uh, state school. Not a state school like uh, I'm going to bat for. Um, you, you know how I feel about Old Dominion. But right. when you're up 28-0, when you're representing the great Commonwealth of Virginia in the prestigious, famous Toastery Bowl, um, when you're playing for the toast, uh, a lot of teams do go ahead and finish that off. Old Dominion. Uh, was not one of those teams yesterday. Uh, here is clip clip one, Old Dominion and the Toastery Bowl. With a 29-yard field goal for the win here in overtime for Western Kentucky, trying to give them their first and final lead. And he splits the uprights, and Western Kentucky runs on the field and celebrates as they have come back to beat Old Dominion here in the famous Toastery Bowl by the final of 38-35. to Wow. I think, that's, uh, I think that's our guy Scott Jackson doing the call there. Um, love, love me some Scott Jackson down, down in Norfolk, down on, uh, uh, the airwaves down there, but, uh, old dominion up 28, nothing in the toast bowl, um, had a field goal late to seal it, got blocked, uh, gave up a touchdown on fourth and 15 to force overtime. Uh, then in overtime, they had another field goal blocked and then Western Kentucky walked it off on a field goal in overtime. The Hilltoppers take Take the toast. Mm. Um, that if you're a coach, that's the best bowl because um, they'll do the novelty thing now, like the Mayo Bowl. They dunk dunk Mayo on the winning coach. Um, they they had charming. A, they charming. They had a Gatorade <laughs> bowl tub full of toast that they dunked on the winning coach. Okay, that's better than that's, Mayo. That's that's even better than Gatorade. Right, we can just brush it off. Yeah, it's not sticky unless there's a lot of butter involved. It didn't. Yeah, look, it didn't look like there was. <laughs> or if it's French toast, that's gonna be gonna but, be a hard cleanup. <laughs> you know, these are these are the bowls you love, though. Um, like there, there's several kinds of bowls along the way. Like so, there's there's the the end game bowls, like the January first bowls. Those matter, right? Like those teams are in prep mode right now. Like big name teams, big name bowls. January first, thing things are going to happen. Uh, like you know, those results matter. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got your like December twenty fifth to January first bowls. Those are name teams that aren't super thrilled about being there. Like it's not where they wanted their season to end. Uh, you know, in the Valero Alamo Bowl, um, right. they're there like. You'll watch it because it's a good matchup. You're like, ooh, Oklahoma State. And, you know, 
well, you know, Oregon, like, you know, not Oregon's in a real one this year, but like, you know, you, oh, that's a matchup. Like, oh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Um, yeah, wow. Like, that's a matchup. But it's not a matchup, and they don't care. Right, because they're not coming out to do battle at this point. No, nah, nobody, nobody's doing battle. Half the kids are in the portal. Yeah, we're gassed um, out at this but, point. But this first week of bowls, the Toast Bowl, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, like, we got JMU on Saturday. These schools, these schools are jazzed. Like, Old Dominion, man, they're in a bowl. They're jazzed up for yeah, the bowl. Yeah, They're trying to win the Toast Bowl. Now, Western Kentucky you... wanted it too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want the toast more. What do you think happened with ODU then? Yeah, it's a meltdown. Lo- losing that, I mean, it's a meltdown in the toast bowl. I guess it's just a good a- example of you know one bad thing happened after another, and they just couldn't recover it. A big sequence of bad things happened. Um, I'll say this though, I, I struggle with right. So the SEC. Um, the Southern schools, mm-hmm. they they hate each other. They all yes, go, they'll <laughs> go to war every Saturday, tear each other limb from limb, Damn. like destroy each other, make fun of each other. But then, when one of them ends up in a bowl game against a different, like a, an out an out of region school, like mm-hmm. they they go hard for that school. They turn it around, like and they, they chant SEC and like our conference is the best, and like we're we're, we're kicking you know the West Coast butt or, or the Midwest butt or what, whatever it is that we like. They rally, right? Um, I don't I don't have that gear. Um, I don't know if that's unique. <laughs> to, like I see ODU blows a twenty eight point lead, and I'm like, sucks to be you. Yeah, I mean, like I don't I don't I think it's because we don't. Like maybe back in the CAA days where we were all in a conference together, maybe you're like, if they go to the tournament, like I want them to show out to show the CAA was awesome, get some more bids. Right. We don't have that. At, we don't have a lot of that anymore. And so, you know, you see your rival school lose down the street, and then, yeah, yeah, get a, get them next year or not. Right. Yeah. And that camaraderie is very situational. I don't. I don't have. Do, do any tech fans have ACC pride? Like if you if you turn on the TV and it's like Boston College in a bowl game against Arizona State, you're like, man, hope the Eagles show them what conference is up this year. <laughs> ACC, baby, let's go. I doubt it. I, I can't imagine. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, speaking of ODU alumni, though, Taylor Heineke's back. Hey, um, Taylor Heineke's gonna start for the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. You know we love our guy Taylor Heineke. We love Heineke. Uh, the exception to the ODU rule. I like Jeff Jones a lot too. I, I, they're good people down there at ODU. There are there are there are good people, and, and there there are redeeming elements to that town. Um, that is there you go. I said my nice thing for the day. Hey, that was Have, really safe. Merry Merry Christmas. Good job. Merry Christmas. Um, here's <laughs> Falcons coach Arthur Smith on going back to Taylor Heineke and the Atlanta for the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. We're not where we want to be, and we've lost some close games. Um. But it's not over, and we will die trying to make sure we get this right and just go win this game, and let's see what happens. But I understand. I mean, that is a responsibility, and it's a burden you carry, and you're not a victim. I mean, you don't ever want to lose that passion and love that you get to go do this job. We will die trying to get this right. Fantastic. We are the the (laughs) 6-8 Atlanta Falcons, and we will go to our graves working our butts off trying to right this ship. You know what's amazing? Oh they may my. make the playoffs. It's they're one game right. out. They're one game out in the it's NFC possible. South. Um, yeah, T- Tampa, Tampa's one up on them. But <laughs> does Tampa have the willpower that the Atlanta Falcons have? I don't think they're willing to die trying. I submit that they do not. Do you think Baker Mayfield 
is there in practice this week. Like, I am going to complete this pass to Mike Evans, or I will be in my cold, cold grave. <laughs> you can pry this playoff berth from my cold, dead hands. We will die trying to get this right. You Our, can just read my will if I don't catch this pass, Coach. <laughs> some, sometimes at this point of the football season, you can lose perspective um, a little bit. And it's, it's like sometimes the perspective is warranted. Sometimes it's like we have a Super Bowl team and like we got like the Eagles, man, like the Eagles got to get back to work this week and fight for every inch and like, <laughs> you know, see what they can do. The Falcons are six and eight, have Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, neither of which will be their starter next year. Mm-hmm. And, and our coach is up here. He dying for this seventh win. He, he he would literally rather be dead than lose a football game. That's, it, I mean, that's... He's making a stand. That's change you could believe in right there. Call Absolutely. him Coach Leonidas. All right. He's, he's ready to die. All right, we're back to talking about my true passion this week. VCU basketball, Zach Joaquin joins us right after this. Off and running on a Tuesday. It's MP on the mic, 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Week of Giving on the Fan continues tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, on this program, 10 to noon, every hour, we're giving away two tickets to VCU basketball. And by the way, like sometimes you're like, oh, I bet you're just giving out tickets to the bad games. No, no, we are not. We, we got tickets to the St. Bonnie's game. Uh, we got tickets to uh, the, the December 30th matinee uh, at the Stoodle Saturday afternoon at the Stew. Great time to take your family to a game. Please keep it locked here all week long. Uh, we're giving away VCU basketball tickets. Another chance to win tomorrow. And if you don't win tomorrow, another chance to win Thursday. And if you don't win Thursday, one last chance on Friday. If you don't win by Friday, just, just buy some tickets. Uh, they're, they're not that expensive. Um, and Merry Christmas. Um, that's, you know, you gotta, you gotta draw the lines. I, I have to leave the studio eventually. I have to go home to my family at some point. But if you call in, we can save you some money on those tickets. Absol- la 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 ka-ching. Oh, that's nice. All right, there we go. Uh, that's, a, that's a new sounder. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Very nice. I'm always uh, cooking over here. UVA hoops tonight against Memphis. Fun little non-conference showdown. 7 o'clock ESPN 2. Uh, we saw Memphis at the Stew a couple weeks ago. Penny Hardaway, that team, they got some great athletes. They will go up against UVA's defense. We'll see who gets the better of that situation. Uh, soccer talk. MLS. The MLS, you've heard of them, uh, are pulling out of the U.S. Open Cup. Um, So that's the sentence. Let's break it down. Uh, The U.S. Open Cup is the tournament that takes place every year and has for uh, almost a century now between all of the American soccer teams, right? This is modeled after the FA Cup in England. Almost every country does some version of this where teams all the way up and down the ladder – get a chance to play each other and an an MLS team has won this every year since 1999 because in America there's a big gap between MLS and the two USL leagues Uh, the the kickers are in the second USL league they're one level below the main USL which is one level below uh, MLS but in truth there's a big gap there and so an MLS team has won this every year um but MLS is taking its ball and going home. They've announced that they well they they're here's how they're saying it. They will participate, but they will only allow the youth teams, so each each team's 21 and under roster to participate. So just just development teams, there there's no there's no stars, there's no big names in the US Open Cup. Um 
and this is this is the state of American soccer right now, right? MLS is certainly not moving the needle on the international soccer radar, but they have all the chips and they're pushing around the American soccer teams. And part of it is the money's flown into MLS in a way it hasn't in the USL. There's no promotion and relegation. And part of that is MLS is still expanding and it costs $400 million to buy an MLS team. And if you cut a check for $400 million, you don't do that uh, in the hopes of hanging on to your MLS status. You don't do that to end up in USL a year and a half later. You don't do that to get to get relegated. Uh, you know, in, in England, you buy in at whatever level you buy in at. You can gr- you can promote. You can relegate. You know what it's going to be. Um, so because people are buying MLS teams for so much money, there there's no promotion. There's no relegation. Um, but more importantly, MLS has no interest in growing the sport widely. They only have interest in growing MLS. Um, and they've... They've started their own thing, the League's Cup, where they take on the Mexican Pro League teams for four weeks over the summer. So they say, our, our calendar's too crowded. We can't do the U.S. Open Cup anymore. We got to do this thing with the Mexican teams. And th- this, this might work for them on paper. This is the college sports discussion all over again, right? This is, you know, if you have, uh, you know, the opportunity to make a dollar today to the long-term detriment of the sport broadly, right? College athletic directors are not thinking twice. They're taking the dollar and they're asking if they can make another dollar by having the tip off at nine o'clock instead of eight o'clock. They're, they're only into that. That's MLS right now. They're so concerned with getting this Apple TV deal, getting control of everything. They don't control the U S open cup. So they don't want to participate in the U S open cup. And that's, that's a move for them to grab their money in the short term. The long-term effect of that is what we see, diminished interest in college sports, diminished interest in American soccer, right? Somebody needs to stand up for what's best for American soccer, and that is to have a healthy, robust minor league system, USL system, competition between those, promoting, celebrating U.S. Open Cup matches. The kickers went up to D.C. last year, played D.C. United tight, uh, those kinds of matches promote the sport, right? In the FA Cup, Manchester United doesn't get to complain, oh, we played this dinky little team. It's a waste of our time. We're not going to do it. It's good for soccer, period, the sport all across the board. Uh, it's, it, you know, when MLS makes their own tournament and makes their own rules, that's bad for soccer, the institution in America. Nobody's behind the wheel. Nobody's driving this. You you wonder why. I mean, nobody wonders why. But you see the European soccer leagues getting higher TV viewership than MLS. Part of that is higher caliber of competition, better name recognition, better athletes. Part of that is also, though, the MLS can't get out of its own way and can't get in with international scheduling, international norms, things like this cup. They're too busy trying to do their own thing and make their own thing. I don't think there's a market for that. I don't think there's there's a market for that nearly on the same level as there is of rep, you know, replicating the international norms and replicating what gets done elsewhere. So that was disappointing to see, right? It's disappointing. The kickers have won the U.S. Open Cup before, way back in the day. You know, 
that's their opportunity to host a, a big-name team. That's their opportunity to play against an MLS team if they win far enough to do that every year, to compete against the higher-level USL teams, uh, to, to show you know what, what their team is and what their players are. That's good for soccer. That's good for business broadly when those things happen. It's not good specifically for the MLS's bottom line. They don't have the TV rights on those games. They may have to travel for those games. But since you don't have a strong national authority, a strong national governing body, this is what you end up with. You end up with a system where everybody's just chasing a dollar, like college football, college sports, and you end up having Rutgers and UCLA having a cross-country meet on Tuesday night where some runners are are taking six-hour round-trip flights because you chased a dollar in football. And there's a lot of that happening. And that's part of why the NFL has maintained its position of dominance for as long as it has. They do things, or at least for a long time did things, that weren't in the best interests of the owners, that weren't in the best interests. Salary caps are, are just a huge detriment to the Dallas Cowboys, to the teams that could spend their way to the top. You know, the salary cap is a concession they made to promote the league and football as a whole and grow it. One o'clock kicks on local broadcast television. That's a concession to making sure everybody can watch the games, right? That's why that's why you don't have Tuesday night football. Now, they're, they're losing a little bit of their edge, too, with all these Thursdays and Saturdays, and they're losing around the edges, too. At some point, the money can't be everything because you don't become a sports fan to cheer for the money. You're not a, you're not a fan of a team so that you can cheer their wise fiscal management. You're not going to become a fan of an MLS team because you know they, they played in this League's Cup against a Mexican team. You're a fan of the sport, and then you become a fan of the team. And if you don't love the sport, it's hard to love the games of the sport and the teams within that sport. That's where, that's where this is headed. And so I, I say boo to MLS on, on withdrawing from the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, you know, pr- protect the institutions that drive the sport forward in America. Don't, don't take your ball and do your own thing. Uh, one other note on local sporting events. Uh, Lane Cassadani reported this over at CBS uh, 6 last week. We didn't get to it, though. Uh, the Dominion Golf Tournament, uh, we were broadcasting live over there earlier this year, uh, is going to uh, bail... Uh, Dominion is bailing and the CCV are bailing uh, after the 2025 tournament. So they're going to put on two more tournaments uh, and then call it. Now, the Champions Tour says they're looking for another course in Richmond and a sponsor in Richmond willing to host. Uh, So we'll file that away. Maybe that'll be the MP on the Mike Invitational uh, if they accept our bid. I got money, but I don't got Dominion money. (laughs) Dominion's got money in a way way we don't. Um, Dominion is scaling back as part of their... New new cause of just providing power and being fiscally responsible instead of paying millions of dollars for, for golfers to come play uh, for the entertainment of a few. you, you got to respect that. That's um, a bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> Let's the, see if they can do it. <laughs> the CCV, I mean, you know, it's a cool thing to host the golfers every year and mingle in the clubhouse with them, but that takes away two to three weeks of prime fall playing time for the members. Sure. Um, so you can see how that gets worrisome after a while. Um, you don't want to give up the course every fall because yeah. you paid to live there to golf, presumably. That's where they make a lot of their capital, Yeah, uh, honestly and understandably. But it's not just that. The, I think the members, to have that constant interruption, yeah. 
it, get, it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. They're like, well, I'll go to a different country club. Because when you have that money, you can it's, uh, go that, to a different country club. That, that's money I can't relate to either. <laughs> uh, one event that is not moving, it is happening here, is is the push-up bet and the push-up challenge. Uh, I've set an early line on the push-up challenge. We'll cross-talk with AWOD after this. AWOD Radio starts at noon. We'll chat with AWOD in a minute. Winding down the Tuesday show, you're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.